This is the Retro Movies and Metal Show, the only show where you can find the mar- marvelous, magnificent, mad Mexican, and the Caucasian cocksucker <laughs> known as John and Tony. <laughs> I'm your host, John, the cocksucker. And uh, across the table from me is the marvelous, mad Mexican Tony. Are these nicknames going to stick? Uh, maybe. Call me I don't know. So I think what you're saying is, if anybody sees you, call you a cocksucker. Indeed. The topic for today is the 1991 band Incubus. But before we get to that, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Anchor app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave us a rate and review of at least five stars. It helps us grow the show and uh, bring you more of the content that you would like to enjoy. So we appreciate, would appreciate that. Preach it. How we doing, Tony? Mm, I was all warm from that nice uh, intro, dude. Thank you. Yeah, the Mad Marvelous. Magnificent yeah, I love it. I think I'm going to start wearing a magician's costume when I come here. What does that consist of? A tuxedo? Yeah. A cape? Top hat, maybe? I think you need a cape. I think a cape would work like, would, would it be a red cape or a black cape? Red underneath, black on top, oh, maybe some sparkles. That's exactly what glitters. I had in my head. Black on top, red <laughs> underneath. Endless scarves in my right pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, magic, you know, it's like, I, you know, tell me if you're like me, is that you like magic. Yeah, uh, I think there's a couple different forms of magic, right? Yeah, there's we hate illusions. And, yeah, or sleight of hand and yeah, card tricks. And, sure, right, uh, right. I don't really like the saw the woman in half stuff, but no. I do like the sleight of hand uh, card trick type stuff. And plus, like, uh, I think on Netflix or something, there's a guy who like does like the street shit where he just goes up to random people. Like David Blaine? You like David Blaine, but he's like more likable. <laughs> He's more likable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would say this. Like, kind of looks like Mark Normand, if you know who he I is. I know who that is. <laughs> um, but David Blaine used to be kind of likable. Like, lately, he's been yeah. just kind of weird and, like, in his own cult-like yeah, very <laughs> presence. Very cultish. You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do like the uh, street magicians. And mm-hmm. even David Blaine back in the day, he had some. If you go onto YouTube, you can find all kinds of crazy stuff that he had done. And when you have videos, it's kind of hard to decipher, you know, who's in on the right. gag. Or, or, yeah. and, and if it's actually real. It's like Chris Angel got busted out for that pretty good, I think. Uh, uh, what, for setting up? Yeah, too much uh, set up and shit. And, like, too many people kind of figured it about him out. And See, I never watched that guy. Like, he always seemed Because he had bit, the TV show. You're right. You yeah, know? he was mind free. Mind freak, brother. <laughs> mind free. <laughs> His outfits and shit. Who decided to call that show Mind Freak? <laughs> what the fuck? I know. I think it was a TBS show, if I'm not mistaken. It, I want to say it was like A and E or something oh, yeah. like that. Uh, but I, I'm a I'm a big fan of like magic tricks and like sleight of hand sure, and that, yeah. that kind of stuff because if you can master it and you don't tell anybody how it's done, uh, then you can look pretty cool. That's kind know? of the big thing. Is like I think that's kind of a secret that you're not allowed to. Say. Yeah, famously, it's like you remember the movie The Prestige. Yes, it's like you know Christian Bale tells he, he actually gives away the secret to this little kid in the movie, and he's like, "Don't tell anyone, yeah. or else, the, or else, you know, it's not going to be a trick anymore. It's going to be this stupid, you know, parlor trick, mm-hmm. parlor trick type thing." Um, but I do like you know if if a, a successful trick is executed properly, it's it, it's 
you're like, what the fuck was that? You know? Yeah. I was like watching like the street stuff, like you were saying with David Blaine, and all. The- <laughs> Maybe this is gonna sound racist, but. Uh- Mostly it's the black people that freak out. Oh, <laughs> I trick, love that. The dude. trick is like revealed and they're like, oh! <laughs> I love that. It's like white people don't seem super, in, uh, you know, uh, impressed by they it. They do. Like, I just love the over, over the top, <laughs> over reaction. the top reactions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you need to see this, bro. You know. <laughs> No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, that sounds racist, but uh, and there's another racist thing I was thinking about. Not, you know, regarding my own racism, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, people that you think they have ghosts in their house, right? You've met? Have you met these people that that ghostism? Their houses are haunted, or they believe in the sure, paranormal yeah. uh-huh. and all that stuff, right? I know people very much, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they white or are they uh, of another race? Uh, I guess they're all white. Okay. The people I know anyways. And do you take them seriously? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if they've they said they've seen stuff and I've never really uh, had any encounters of any kind, but hell, I'm brown, so. You are brown. <laughs> But what I no, say- I, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, there's got to be some something. Yeah, I, like I watched this thing on Netflix, and it was like 28 days of haunting or something like that. And some of these people, like you know, even their gadgets that they bring and to try and like like the EKG meter. Yeah, but some of them were like, what? Like you know, they seemed just outrageous so i can definitely see uh being hugely skeptic uh of most if not all of it um and then the people that have experienced it it's like an uphill battle for them to prove it it's always an uphill battle to prove something yeah. like that. It's almost like proving a negative. It's like you, you can't prove that it didn't happen. That or you can't it, prove that it's it like did proving happen. a religion works. Like right, does God exist? Yeah, this, exactly. Yeah. Um, you're right about the same boundaries, so you really can't be mad that there's people that don't believe you, and there's always going to be people that have degrees of belief. You know, like oh, I some kind of believe or. You know, maybe if I see it, I'll believe or, you know, just flat out like are so far in that, you know, yeah. Yeah, a lot of it seems crazy to me. And to bring it full circle to my uh, racist aspect of it is that, like, I don't believe any white people that say they believe or they've seen ghosts. (laughs) But if you bring me down to New Orleans and uh, there's a a heavyset woman of color. Who's got a, uh, a head wrap on her, and she's talking about the ghosts in her attic? I'm probably going to believe, believe her. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the setting, the person saying it, and because uh, like you came to me tomorrow and said you saw a ghost, I'm like you're a fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but if there's this old black lady from New Orleans and she's in the voodoo culture, I might. Yeah. Uh, Give credence to her. They're living story. in a, a hundred year old house that has proved that people have died there. And, uh, you know, maybe there's more 
reason to be concerned, but I, I don't know. Like Are I you, said, I've never been. Uh, I was going to say, you, you, you said you've never been in, in had the, any kind of experience, paranormal no, experience or anything like no. that. Neither have I. Uh, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Maybe if I did, I forgot. Um, but it's hard to believe anyone that's gone through something like that. If someone says this house is haunted or there's ghosts in your house, like, I'm going to think you're a fucking idiot. You know, like, yeah, that's what you believe. Really? Really? That's what you believe. <sighs> I had friends actually, now that I think about it, because they weren't friends, they were more like coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, a coworker of mine was more like the friend with the guy and his fiance. And they were living in like a farmhouse and he was swearing up and down that something was like, you know, attaching itself to his wife. And no matter where they went, it was like terrible. And they had to get all these like people to come and like bless the house. And then they had to move out of the house. And it was like bad. Are you for real? Things they were coming up with saying was pretty much like anything you've heard of from like any movie. And when I was being told this, I was just like, what? Like, that's crazy. And so, yeah, when you're getting it second and third hand, it's like, I guess either it's real easy to either totally dive in and be like, yeah, that's crazy, or flat out like disagree that there's no way because you weren't there. I don't, I don't know the people. I know the husband. I didn't know the wife and he's the one that was telling my friends. So there's an aspect of like myself having to kind of believe him. And this isn't the type of guy that like makes shit up. Or is a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. He's just like a younger, like Mexican guy that just, he's one of those hard workers and doesn't get his get into anything bad and you know he just there was no reason for him to be like that and his wife was even more like you know normal (laughs) so it's crazy but i I mean i mean it's fun to believe in that kind of stuff but to do something life-changing to avoid that kind of thing again i've never been in a house but why is it always in a farmhouse how come it's I not don't like know. a single family home in the suburbs? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so maybe just avoid farmhouses like that? <laughs> Get out of rural America <laughs> and you won't be haunted <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. Stay out of the barn. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, stay in like city areas. You might be a little. Uh, but there's plenty of like you you know there's that whole thing in Chicago the HHH Holmes uh, guy who was like oh yeah you know had the hotel of uh, massacre you'd just bring people there and just you know murder them and do their thing and you know the whole true crime stuff I I, I like it it's kind of a chick domain uh, but I still like a lot of it um, but yeah the paranormal stuff I don't know I I I have a hard time believing it yeah there's yeah. certain things that happen in your house there's certain things that happen. Uh, when you're sleeping and the things are dark and, and all that stuff. Um, but I'm always to the uh, mind of, did this happen because of a natural um, uh, event that happened? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... I mean, like, I, there's, I, a, there's a perfectly scientific explanation for this thing. Yeah, I like watching 
all of those things. And, um, you know, um, it's so when you know how TV shows work, the editing, the music, yeah, the heavily edited, all of that yeah. shit, you, you can see that what's going on is not like a hundred percent. They're making it a TV show for you to be. It's got to be enticed. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so there's always that aspect. So it's entertainment. Um, I get that. Um, but it's always good when like, say you're watching one of those shows and there's always people there that are like, I'm a total skeptic and I, I'm here to Disproof. show the scientific view of like what is happening as opposed to, you know, this person that is just saying, Oh, I feel this presence or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's always interesting to have somebody in the field like that. But again, a TV show is a TV show. You, you, you hear the spooky music and, right. and then it goes to a they're commercial. It, it's literally, yeah. They're subliminally <laughs> telling you how to react to, to whatever's to react going to it. on. Yeah. yeah. So the real life stuff, um, uh, like I said, I, I know very few people that really, well, you know, a couple of people all in. Yeah. I know uh, they're all in on the, uh, the house is haunted. This, uh, yep. believe in the supernatural and all that. And, um, all of which uh, had to get their houses blessed by more than one religion. So, like, bringing in other people. Are you serious? And, yeah. So this way, you know, they can feel comfortable living in that place. And Let me ask you this. Are they on antidepressive medicine? <laughs> that you know of. I don't know, but... <laughs> The the one couple I know that uh, had it done, um, it seemed to work, and uh, but now they don't live there anymore. So, um, and I haven't really heard of See, any so other situation. Odd. That's so, so odd, man. Um, it could be just due to where you're living and and all of that, um, and it's not something that's following them, or it's not something that's something that they make up because it doesn't. You know, it's not in their life 100% of the time. I know if something like that were to happen to me, it would be 100% of my life. Like, I would be every day freaked out, not, you know, I would be thinking of that all the time. So what do they, what do these couples say that is happening? Uh, <clears throat> man, it was so long ago when it was explained to me. Because it all sounds fucking retarded to me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh well, tell me, tell me the instances that you that uh, they claim happened and that disturbed their life so much they had to have people come and bless their house. I can't explain it because I don't remember it totally, but uh, I think was there like was information that I think it was information that somebody did die there, but uh, it was like the history of the place they the were history living. History of the place, um, the other place. The other couple, I think, we stayed there like two nights, um, all in the dark with cameras in like every room. Oh, really? Like they went that out. far? Yeah, trying to like. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> and we got uh, all types of stuff on the cameras. Um, uh, now, when you look back today 
and you look at the footage or even the cameras that that recorded on, you could probably say that, oh, maybe that camera wasn't that good or maybe, but there are seemingly pieces of evidence that were on there where you're like, that shouldn't have a lot happened. of people talk about like orbs and the way Auras things like and, yeah. move and shit. And like, so that was all on there. And if you believe it or not, it's up to you. Um, well, I don't believe it. Yeah. So I think, again, I'm an uh, asshole you know, for the audience. Yes. I'm an <laughs> asshole. I don't believe in paranoia, uh, paranoia, par- paranormal, uh, uh, instances. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Yeah. But why you're saying this stuff? I'm just rolling my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you are further and further <laughs> back in my head. <laughs> That's why I'm not telling you. You may have guessed the last person that I. Just yeah, I know spoke exactly. Of, but I'm not telling about. you who the I, other people are. <laughs> I, rem- I know one of the couples you're talking about, and I remember. I actually remember the instance, and that even. At the time, yeah, I was that was like, so long ago. Yeah, I know. I was like yeah. 22 or yeah, we 25 or something, and yeah. like I was like, "Really? That's what you guys are doing?" I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that's really the only time I've you know we have uh, at our practice spot. Uh, um, it used to be um, like a restaurant, and the owner of the restaurant died in it, and now it's like a totally different thing. And uh, we practice there, and we just jokingly say. You know that you know he's in the other room because we walk yeah. past this huge, you know that's the size of your basement and it's just pitch black. When we walk past it and we just go, you know, bye, Raúl. Oh, you know, just Raul. it's just <laughs> it's just Raúl. You know, <laughs> that's funny. So we don't. Uh, it's kind of like it, it's like a joke thing there, but uh, you know, it's you know what's funny to me. Most of those people that do believe in the occult and. Uh, you know, uh, ghosts and uh, spirits, you know, inhabiting old places. They have no time to believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, no, what the fuck are you talking about? You're a fucking retard. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? You believe in all this shit, but you don't have any. <laughs> I don't know one way or the other, but it's like to dismiss one thing and believe in another yeah, thing, you know, yeah. it's like, and it's it flip flops, you know. Right. You know, that's why. I, I laugh at those people. They're usually atheists that <laughs> believe in yeah. spirits and specters and ghosts. And I forget there's a, like another re- religion or maybe non-religion. It's more like, it's not like an atheist or anything. It's more like if it happens or you show it to me, like then I'll believe type of... Ag- agnostic. Agnostic, yeah. that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that's where... The I, more, think most pe- I think most, most people, people lie kind there. of fall in there. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you, no one can explain life. No one can, can explain death. And no one mm. knows where the hell we came from. So it's like, I understand why people created a God in order to, you know, live, you know, and Catholicism or Islam or whatever it is. You want to live your life, you know, in order to appease God. And, right. uh, you know, after you die, appear somewhere. And I also understand the atheists that say... When you die, you die. When a deer dies, is it different than when a fly dies or a, an ant or a human? You know, what what makes us so special, you know? Um, but, yeah. yeah, angels and demons. Tis the question. Yeah, it's the... nothing we're going to answer on this fucking Hell podcast. Hell to the no, <laughs> yeah, man. <exactly. laughs> 
That ain't the answers you get from this podcast. Hell no, but uh, <laughs> we will talk about angels and demons, and the demon we're talking about today is uh, Incubus. Yeah? The what kind of demon is... <laughs> well, Incubus is a demon in male form in folklore that seems seeks to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women. Isn't that odd? Yeah, well, I call it a rapist, so the it's... band, the 1991 band, uh, Incubus, are a bunch of rapists. Demon rapists. You heard it first here, folks. Brandon Boyd, uh, Mikey, uh, Guy Kil- Kilmore, and uh, Jose are all rapists. Uh, not Jose. I mean, alleged. Alleged. <laughs> alleged. That's what we're talking about today is the 1991 band Incubus. Yep. Uh, they formed, uh, again, they formed in Southern California. They were a bunch of surfer bros. And, yep. uh, um, same damn label as Rage. Same damn label as Rage Against the Machine. Uh, the band was formed again. All right, I'll just go with the uh, like last episode. I didn't do the uh, Wikipedia thing, but I don't know as much about Incubus as I did as Rage. So up. I'm going to go ahead and hit it up. Incubus is an American rock band from Calabasas, California. The band was formed in 1991 by vocalist Brandon Boyd, lead guitarist Mike Einzinger, and drummer Jose Pasillas while enrolled in Calabasas High School, and later expanded to include Alex Dirk Lance. I'm not. Exp- I'm not pronouncing that. Katunich and Gavin DJ Life Copelli or Copel, both of who were replaced by bassist Ben Kenny and DJ Kilmore, respectively. Incubus has attained commercial success, reaching multi platinum sales, as well as releasing several successful singles. After the first two albums, Fungus Among Us and Science, the band earned mainstream recognition with the release of their 1999 album, Make Yourself, Yourself. which spawned several hits, including the band's highest charting song, Drive. Success continued with the album's Morning View and A Crow Left of the Murder. Their sixth studio album, Light Grenades, debuted at number one in 2006 and was followed by Incubus's great, first greatest hits album, Monuments and Melodies, in 2009, and the band's 12, 2011 album, If Not Now, When. So that's kind of the overview of yeah. Incubus. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so when I, I first, I've heard, I heard, when I was a kid, I'll say kid. I'll say like 16, 17. We're talking mm-hmm. 99, or I'm sorry, 98, 97, somewhere like, what was I born? 82. So I was 16 and 98. And Incubus was a band. It was like an underground band. Like, you know, someone would have on their guitar case an Incubus sticker, and I never heard yeah. any of any of them. Um, That's exactly what happened to me. I was at a metal show, and somehow I ended up coming home with an Incubus sticker. Had no idea who they were. Had no no way know, to CD, find out. No, yeah. there's no internet, or, right. you know what I mean. It's so I was like, Google them. Yeah. "This is just a cool ass sticker." So yeah. put it on, and then yeah, I would say much, much later. You know, probably a year or so later. That's when I heard Science. Yeah, the, the, I think my I will I will say this. Like yeah, like I said, like the first time I ever saw Incubus. It was like, yeah, on a guitar player's, yeah, a sticker on some guitar player's, you know, case. It's a good name. Yeah, it, it is a good name. <laughs> it's a demon that fucks women when they sleep. A rapist demon. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I had no idea who they were. I didn't really get into their catalog until they became very commercially successful um, yeah. with Make Yourself. Uh, it was... A lot of anthems of 
16 year old girls. Uh, <laughs> it would like, I was like, what is this fucking Brandon man? was a, at his most beautiful. Brandon was beautiful. <laughs> uh, he was doing gap ads and, uh, uh, never wore a shirt. <laughs> yeah. He never did wear a shirt. Did he? Um, but no, it's like, yeah, a lot of girls were singing that, don't let the world bring <laughs> yeah. you down. And I was like, who is this band? I really don't care. Because it was like, it was a chick band to me. Yeah. And then I later got into their older catalogs when I was like, holy shit, this band slams. It's impressive. You know? Yeah. They were, they were up there. Super they, impressive. They came up with, you know, bands like Rage mm-hmm. uh, in 1991, 92. They were just kids in Southern California playing, playing music. Uh, early playing, I, w- I was watching this interview and like they did, like I did when I was a kid, playing covers of Metallica, you know, yeah, yeah. like Metallica covers, Megadeth covers, you yeah. know, just like metal bands because that's what you, that that was most accessible. And it yeah. was it's funny that I was listening to guitarist Mike in an interview with uh, K Rock. Oh and, yeah, I and think he, I heard that same one. Yeah, and he was it's talking a sanitarium. Yes, yeah, sanitarium. He was talking about you know, yeah. and he was talking about why he played Metallica because it's super approachable, but it's complex at the same time. Yeah. It's like, you can play the first part of the song. You're like, Oh shit. Great I can play beginners. this song. Yeah. yeah. Great for beginners. And then you get into the deeper parts of the song. You're like, Oh, this is a little bit too advanced for me. So I, don't, <laughs> you know, I better study this, you know, because yeah. you want to play the entire song. It's like, you get, you get roped in with the easy shit at the sure. beginning of the song. Yeah. And then you try and, you know, try and master the, yeah, 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 master the rest of the song, and that's that's how Which he great. was that's talking about it. That's what pulled in a lot of guitar players, and that's you know, Metallica will always have that. Mm-hmm. You know, from here on out, any anybody that picks up a guitar and is remotely interested, you know, they're gonna play. You know those the fade to black and right. You know, the sanitary <laughs> nothing else. The beginning of one. And, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the things that get them roped in. Seek and destroy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I that's a I like that interview too. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, it was a great interview. Um, but when I what I when I first heard Incubus, yeah, it was like the Make Yourself, the Morning View era. Mm-hmm. And when I went back, and because because I did see all these stickers on like these heavy metal guitarists, I'm like, how the fuck do you like Incubus? You know? Yeah, like, that was always such a weird thing. Shit, is it's you know? like you could be totally into metal, and then there was for some reason Incubus stood out to a lot of bands. And at the time, you know when. Corn and you know Limp Biscuit and everything's very like aggressive. Mm-hmm. They're you know, super they mellow. Just, they stood out. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's like a when good you point. wanted to, you wanted something different. You know, you could pop them in, and that's a very good point. You yeah. know, it's like you can almost come up. You know, they did tour with Primus, but yeah. you can you can kind of compare them that's to awesome. a Primus. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Um, in their first two albums, you know, they yeah. had, they were super funky. They were you know upbeat. It wasn't just like. You know, a super aggressive, like you said, right. uh, um, metal. But they did have some super metal songs in those first two albums. Um, I know they looked up to Corn. They were another California band. Um, of course, yeah. How could you not? You know, because the the stardom that Corn got, it's like yeah. uh, we're going to do exactly what they did. But Incubus had that different sound than everyone did. They had sounds, you know. Uh, 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 spots of reggae and uh, yeah. funk and all kinds of things that no other no, no other band had when you listen to those first two albums. Which is crazy because, like, <clears throat> they're all kids at this point. Like, yeah, they're you know, 20. Jose <laughs> had to get, like, 
driven from from his parents to the practice spot because yeah. he didn't have a license. Like, and then they would just sit there and like jam out these these tunes before like Brandon came because they all went to like the same high school. Yeah, Brandon and Mikey <laughs> and yeah and yeah. Jose and. Brandon and Mikey were like in the same classes together. Right. They did like multiple classes together and so even though even before Brandon was like technically like a I'm singer. a singer, yeah. you know, they were just like, Oh, we need to like most bands, we need a singer, you know. Like, I'll try be, it. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, we need a guitar. We, I'll try, you know, and just you pull from what you know, what's near you and uh I mean, damn! It made magic with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I was re—I think it was in that interview they were talking about how did the name come up, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just decided. I don't know. We were at the show. We said Incubus, and, and it sounded good. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. That's what it became. They're at a show. How are we supposed to announce who you guys are? And I was like, Incubus, and. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. And sounds good. I like sto- I like stories like that. It's yeah, like some, it's like even corn was like that. Jonathan Davis, how about corn? Yeah, <laughs> put a corn on it with a K. K. Yeah, and backwards I, R. And they tell a lot of stories about their early days of uh, flyer making. Yeah, and they did. Uh, I guess it was maybe it was Brandon's or Mikey's mom gave. One of them, the copy of Joy of Sex. Yeah. And like they just <laughs> it was photocopied. Mikey, they his fo- mom gave it to him. And they photocopied and Brandon <laughs> shit took- out of there and <laughs> yeah. made that their flyer. <laughs> yeah. He felt bad even telling that story. He was like, yeah, I know. Is it he okay? Was- Can I tell this story? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you can but tell Mike cool. was like, what? What do you mean? What are you going to tell? When his mom gave him Joy of <laughs> Sex, he's like, uh. <laughs> You know he came from a family of hippies. You're yeah. giving this 13-year-old, 17-year-old kid a copy terrible. of the joy of sex. Which uh, they I think they said is like the Kama Sutra for white people. It is <laughs> the Kama Sutra for white people. <laughs> but that's uh, cool. And I miss the days of like flyers and like yeah. cool artwork and underground scenes. It's like not, everyone's just online now. Well, that's the big thing right there is the scene, man. They said they would hand out flyers, but enough people came from their high school because they all knew them. Like they had enough friends. Yeah, the way they talked about it, it seemed like just, they were the most popular kids yeah, in school because I mean, they, they had a band. Yeah, probably already, know? yeah. So <laughs> you get some like no-name kids that are kind of like just want to be off on their own and play their music and nobody really gives a shit about their band or whatever. That's so much harder to get people to come to a show. Oh, absolutely. You know, so you gotta be popular. Yeah. If you're not popular at all, like, well, it's like, think about high school right now. It's like, where are you supposed to put a show on? Right. You know, where would you put a, if you were a high school band, you're, Go ahead and do it in the high school auditorium. Do what you can to put a show yeah, on anywhere. Yeah, but they, they used to hit big parties and right, shit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was thinking about my son because he. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going already. <laughs> well, no, it's like he's super charismatic. He's only thirteen, but like he's tall and he's got long hair. I'm like, he could be a good front man, you know? <laughs> Couldn't he? Tell me he couldn't. <laughs> I mean, he can't sing or play any instruments, but <laughs> but that's how Brandon Boyd came about. That's ab- how came he came about. about. <laughs> you know? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I wrong? I was like thinking, I'm like, hey, Johnny, fucking learn how to sing or do something. You're good looking. You got long hair. What the fuck? 
He's like, I'm doing fine. You're like, yeah, I don't need any of that shit. Um, but yeah, I do miss those uh, days of like flyers. You know, it's like bands yeah. bands should have like some kind of art, like local artwork. Yeah, where they my do first things, band, you know? we used to. I uh, remember Petra those. Had uh, would make our flyers. I remember those. They're yeah. all like every flyer is like super the doll. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. the doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like those things, they're like awesome. kind of they're they're so unique. So like you look at like all the. You know, famous bands, you know, like Chili Peppers and mm-hmm. um, whatever SoCal bands. You know, it's like they all had flyers with their own unique yeah. artwork on it. It's like whether it's Ransom stuff or just, you know, someone something someone drew. I yeah. miss those days. I want to see some more telephone poles pasted with flyers, you know. <laughs> That'd be super cool. People now would be like, you put it on paper? I'm going to have you arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're doing to trees right now? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so Incubus would do that with the joy of sex. They would photocopies and then like alter them with like their own uh, um, uh, aspects on there. Um, so when did you first hear um, Incubus? Was it The Fungus Among Us, the Science album, or Morning View, or Make Yourself? No, it was science. Um, yeah, like I said, I I got the sticker first and didn't know who it was. And I forgot who had... Uh, science in their car because this is my high school days and lord knows uh, music was all over the uh, place (laughs) (laughs) and you were high (laughs) (laughs) a little too much partying Yep. Uh, but that's how I stumbled across them and I just remember being like so blown away musically at uh, that album because you'd look at them and yeah it did it just looked like you know, some bunch of teenagers playing. They looked so young and, right. you know, Brandon had them super long dreads and shit. Yep. And uh, it just looked badass. And Was it Brandon? He, Brandon, Brandon had a uh, super long dread? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, I, uh, I know uh, Kilmore has like super long dreads. Oh, yeah, now. dude. Like, they're down to his they're down knees. To his, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, – after that, shortly after, a friend of mine took me to go see a band. Uh, it was like in a farm field, uh, a live band. And it was like they were trying to like completely replicate that music Incubus. style. Yeah, like everything. Like the funky DJ, yeah, man, reggae, like, rock. Yeah, just yeah. drum kit set, you know, sideways like how he used to do it. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, it was just like it. And they were doing it good, but... You know, I think people really took that and, and they were going to run with it. And But the crazy thing with them is, you know, they put out their first album. It has this kind of crazy, wild, you know. Almost electronic <laughs> feel. You know? Yeah. And then, like, they go on tour for a long time, come back. Uh, and their next album's, like, really kind of different, but... Not so much, and and they're just kind of putting out one song after, and and they're still growing, you know. And then by the time they move on to their third and fourth album, they're like a totally different band. It's like, yeah. like the commercial success on those was gigantic, and they've almost completely lost the style that they were, but were still like an amazing thing at that point. And with Incubus, it just seems like they can kind of change however they want to change (laughs) yeah they're a chameleon band you know you know they you know from what they started out as like they were a metal like 
you know, metal funk, like new metal type bands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a DJ in their band. They had, you know, really heavy, heavy riffs in a lot of their songs. And by the time their third album came out, it became like poppy as shit. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of more melodic singing. Like, I think, I think what it was is that Brandon came to more of the forefront of the band mm. and became more of the, you know, face of Incubus. Yeah. Like I said, like he had the gap ads. And uh, became like, yeah, the face of the band. And he was more like the soft, you know, soft spoken, uh, uh, you mm -hmm. know, a teen idol almost, yeah. you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have that in those first two albums. And I think what I'm, I'm mainly going to talk about those first two albums. Like, we can talk about Make Yourself because there's some good songs on Make Yourself, there's some good songs on Morning View. Oh, I think those are two of the, the better, like, well, I don't want to say better than, you know, but every song on those albums are amazing also. Like, without yeah. those two albums, they probably wouldn't even be able to continue. They would have been oh, probably absolutely. done. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with so that. So I think the first two albums they did were just getting them started. Mm -hmm. Without the other two, like, they would have never been able to do, like you know, headlining tours and, and all that shit without the major commercial success that that gave them. And, well, I, I think, and all that. I think uh fungus among us was, it's kind of a mess when you listen to it, you know, it's good, but it's, it's all over. There's the definitely place, a lot you know? of the, a lot of places where I'm like, I can hit the next button. Yeah. Okay I, it's not that. a, yeah. Front to back <laughs> album. There's a couple of good songs. Um, let's go to maybe the, uh, discography of or yeah the discography but the uh track list for fungus among us because i do like it there's a lot of good songs on there i think it's it's this very short album too i think man i can't find it right now but it's it's messy you know it's not <laughs> it's a not, good way to say it it's not cohesive it's not like it's it's just all over the place you know it's like the distortion the drums the the singing the uh it's it's very different from what you would think an Incubus album would be. And I think from that to Science, Science what had the base of Fungus Among Us, but made it more cohesive. Yeah, it was much more polished. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like they had the same kind of style, like funky, <clears throat> heavy yeah. metal. Like Certain Shade of Green is one of the greatest songs as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, with them, Idiot Box They is still a hit song. a lot of like heavy... You yeah, know, parts they're too, still heavy, so. and, and I think that's why I talk shit about Make Yourself a Morning View because I don't think they have a whole lot of that anymore. It's like no. they lost it, you know. Yeah, I, and I think that's I'm I'm with the majority of the early Incubus fans that say, oh, they, I'll never say they sold out just because it's like they're a commercially successful band. I don't fucking care, you know. Yeah, I would say though that early fans, yeah, they probably. Maybe didn't much care for the other two bands or two albums, but I don't think a lot of their fans even know about their first two albums right. without the the, thir the third and fourth album. Right. I, I would I would absolutely like, agree with that. They would never even. They know wouldn't even think that Incubus <laughs> is that band. You know, it's like who are you? Fuck. What is this bullshit? Yeah. Because you know? after you buy third and fourth album or whatever, a lot of people go back and then they hit science and they're like, holy shit. What is this? This isn't even like. There's some metal aspects to it. Yeah. There, there's fucking metal. There's metal there, you know? And that's, I think, that, that's why I was disappointed in the next two, even though I didn't listen to, you know, 
uh, inc- the early incubus until I heard Morning View or, yeah. or Make Yourself, you know. <laughs> um, I just remember, you know, I was like, no, I wasn't in my teens. I was in my early 20s. So it's like 2001 or 2002. And Make Yourself was all over the place. It was all over mm-hmm. the goddamn place. And like, there's these girls I wanted to get with that were all <laughs> into Incubus. And like, I'm like, Hells to, to the yeah. The <laughs> They're like singing along. I'm like, yeah, girl, get it. Yeah, that that's a great song. Yeah, and I was like, no, I hate that song. <laughs> like, they turned in. They did turn in. They had quite. And they, okay, so they had this evolution, you know, that we've just been talking about. Like they were kind of a new metal band, and they were like funk rap, and then all of a sudden, make yourself happens and. They're like this radio band, like the radio band. And I've watched a few interviews with them, and they say it happened organically. Organically. There's like, no, it was no pressure from the record labels for us to make mm-hmm. more radio hits. I don't believe that for a second. What say uh, you? I don't know. I, the type of musicians they are, uh, it's certainly possible. Because, um, <clears throat> like, I think what was it, the song uh, "Dig" or whatever mm-hmm. that they did like that song, you know, kind of came out of nowhere for them. They were asked to play an acoustic version of that on a radio station. Yeah, and then no, 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 all no, of a sudden, no. like another radio. Was it "Pardon Me"? It was "Pardon Me." Yeah, it's whatever song is where it's already them. Yeah, acoustic. it's "Pardon Me." Yeah, and, and that thing so went then viral. like two, yeah. you know, three more radio stations. So like the request of it pushed it onto the album and then the album blew up yeah it was pardon so, me yeah i, I remember they that weren't getting like super commercial right off the bat it really i think that's what they mean by it happened organically like it just kind of like was a slow burn till all of a sudden it was huge but i think their writing style like i think they always want to press for challenging themselves or or trying to uh constantly evolve make something yeah evolve because they're they're like when you laugh and say artists you know those are the type of people that never want to do the same thing twice and always want to try and uh challenge it even if it's something that is like you don't necessarily hear it you know what i mean by that i just mean like when they go into studios and they use like different pedals, different guitars. They put in different effects in the, you know, background, or he's not using this, you know, type of, uh, uh, record process or recording process. Uh, they're using this type and they're putting all this time and money into something that probably the normal ear doesn't even hear. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So like they feel they're like evolving because they're, pushing themselves you know and as an as an as a musician they are definitely doing that as they should i think the outcome you know it's kind of like uh you know they put a ton of work and it's like very little reward as far as like going how they want people to look at it well, as, as, as an artist, what, what would you rather have, uh, a signature style or this constantly evolving catalog of something that really you can't pin down on? Right. So that is the question. You know, your fans are not going to want you to be changing. No, not at all. <laughs> Look that at Metallica. Is, that <laughs> is the big thing. They, 
And it always seems like the artist wants to change. It always does. Well, I and, think that comes with age, and you can't you can't <clears throat> right you know uh, fault somebody for wanting to evolve from their original style. But what? The, Which that is all true. What you just said, but most people ignore that anyways and fault them for it anyways. Yeah, I mean it's like yeah, look so. at Metallica. I don't fault <laughs> I don't fault a band like Metallica for you know trying to do something different. I just well, they're probably the biggest example. But without right. even using them as an example, just most bands in general. You know, because there are some bands that don't change really, and you're like, Jesus Christ! You look at ACDC or it's Rolling like Stones, yeah, the same <laughs> damn album every time. But it you comes know what out. you're getting? What's more enjoyable? Right? right. What's more enjoyable? So you can what either you do that. What's you know, you know what you're expecting. You're you're good with that. I would argue ACDC or did it right. A ton of people and wanting Stone. to. Evolve. I would say, well, it's like Incubus. They're different because. They didn't have commercial success on their original stuff. They had no. commercial success on Morning View and Make Yourself. Right. You know, so it's like they had to evolve in that because that's what made them millionaires, you know? Yeah. And there are other bands that did that. Like, you remember Live, when Live came out with Throwing Copper. Oh, yeah. They had the album before Weren't that they were nobody like a punk had band? ever heard of. No, no. It was almost kind of country a little bit oh really yeah it was, i didn't know uh, I, I have no idea I just, yeah but I thought that's I heard a great that a album band. though none the I throwing copper came, no the one before it okay i don't know so i got that one and that's a great album and, okay you know even like uh mudvane they're quote unquote people think that's their first album they actually sure. had one before that one yeah. and people went back and listened and it's not the same thing but no. But it's what's commercially viable, it's, you know. <laughs> you know, you bought this album and now you're checking it out. So actually, they're kind of making out because you're, you know, you're in now. Yeah. Um, but what I don't like is that they kind of. I don't want to say no. Incubus doesn't separate themselves from Fungus Among Us or Science. And that's another thing I wanted to kind of bring up. What What do you think they play in their set list today? Stuff from Fungus Among Us and Science, or is it if they uh, do anything from Science, it's gonna be like one, maybe two songs, right? That's it, nothing else. That's what I would, and I would nothing not want to be that genre. And I would not want to be never, that. I don't, but ever I did, think they'd play anything from from Fungus. Uh, probably, uh, I would be, be a surprised. hot dancer or something, or uh, a certain sheet of greens on Science, but I think they have so much material that maybe they can dip back if they felt like it, but. So as as an artist, as a, a musician, what what do you what decides your set list? Uh, so like when you so normally like touring bands, they have a preset lineup for the tour, uh-huh. and they basically they like change it up here and there, down, city they by city. They nail down but... that set. Yeah, so they that's got their what staples. they rehearse that set. Yeah, they got their staples. They right? very rarely divvy from that set. oh really yes okay. they want to go out there to where it's like muscle memory so why so would you say incubus today is playing a lot of make yourself a morning view no and, uh, no i guarantee they're playing like way more new stuff like because they're still putting out albums they're still gonna put play a ton of the new stuff and then was dip we're, yeah, Back. yeah. There's a couple of songs. That, yeah, I don't That's like. It. I don't like that yeah. because I feel like they're a band where it's like most of their good shit is behind them. You know, probably. 
Why would they not do that? <laughs> but that's why like bands like Metallica still do so good, especially like European, because they dip back to oh, all of their catalog. They go back to Whiplash. All the way back. And, yeah. Play all. I mean, they rarely dip into like brand new shit. And if they do, it's like one or two songs. Because they're fucking smart. Because you know? they're <laughs> fucking smart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think it's a good time to take a break. We'll be right back right with <laughs> the uh, conclusion of our episode on Incubus. And we're back with the Retro Movies and Metal Show. We are talking about Incubus. And what I did want to talk about was... Uh, Kind of the track listings of Fungus Among Us and Science, because that's kind of what I know the most. Uh, Make Yourself and Morning View were a couple of their uh, most commercially successful albums. But I like Fungus Among Us and Science. So let's go into some of the tracks that I like. Uh, You said you don't know a whole lot of uh, Fungus, but you know Science. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows Science. Oh, hell yeah. That's what Uh, I practice to. Um, but the track listing for Fungus Among Us was You Will Be a Hot Dancer. Um, it's an okay song. It's, a, it's all right. I don't like the title of it. You Will Be a Hot Dancer. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Shaft. Um, it is a great song. I, I do like the, that song off that, off that album. Uh, Take Me to Your Leader is another good one. Trouble in 421. I don't know. Um, Medium is a good song. Speak Free, The Answer. Psychosilocybin, uh, I think that's a good song. Again, this is one of those albums where Whoa. I just put in and, and just let yeah. it play, you know. Um, but a lot of good stuff off of it. Great intro to that band at that time. You know, you get a, you get a feel for who the band is with this album. Now, if you go to Science, it's got a lot of good songs on that one. So you can hear a lot of their influences in, in this album more than anyone else. I know they looked up to Corn because they were another California band. I know they looked up to Rage because they were another uh, California band. And yeah, again, this is a SoCal band, and we're gonna cross over their career with a lot of other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, their DJ actually came in in 2003. I got. I guess they yeah. they fired their bass player and like got a DJ at the same time, right? Yeah, I'm not so sure if it was like. Or he, he left the band he or he fired or, or yeah. I don't know. I didn't look into that tumultuous time in their in their existence. Because the bass player that I know of that was he was in after Morning View is when he left. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. But he was there for, you know, their first two albums. He which was I there liked. for the best part of Incubus as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and you know, they they did tour with like Primus and uh Faith No More and uh, and all that. And then I remember, I think the interview that I watched, they were talking about, you know, their first paid gig was a bar mitzvah. Yeah. And they got paid a thousand dollars. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's big money, especially for an original band. Yeah. An original band. And, Full of you kids. Know, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Like, paid a thousand dollars. We all get, you know, yeah. 250 bucks. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now, Brandon Boyd, right? He's an interesting himself. dude. He, he is definitely a front man, I will say. Yeah. I find him to be, I, I think he's a great singer, uh, whether he's screaming or whether he's, you know, playing mel- or uh, singing melodically. 
Uh, I just find him to be a very annoying personality. <laughs> He's a, yeah. like a new age, like hippie mm-hmm. yoga dude. <laughs> I was watching this interview and he's like sitting Indian style on a couch and I'm like That just drives you crazy, your doesn't feet it? Off my couch, you <laughs> asshole. You know, you know. Who do you think you are? Uh, <laughs> you know. He's the most California out of all yeah, of them. Yeah, he's California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like he could sleep on the beach, you know. Yeah, just super hippie. Yeah. Type dude, and I was like, but I'm eh. pretty sure they're all like like skaters and surfers, surfers and yeah, so they're very California. Yeah, but what I did like what he was saying is like as soon as they got big, they were they had a good like work life balance. They were saying like, okay, we're not just gonna make this you know nonstop touring. We're gonna you know come home, do our thing, and then go back out on tour. Yeah. But they were talking, man, and you know, speaking of tours, like. 18 months, 36 months, like, you know, like two and a half years of touring. That's insane, man. That's how you supposed to form a life when you're like common when you're, uh, you know, when you're a big band. Yeah. In early twenties, I can see that, but like late twenties, early thirties, I'm going to be like, uh, I got a life. I want to try and start now. I've made my money, but I understand that you want me to go do this and do that. But that's why it's always trouble in bands when they're, Trying to balance the family thing and uh, you know real life when you're touring and you're gone for however many months and it puts a big strain on everybody. Yeah, I know. And like, uh, I guess the, like the record company got them a house in Malibu. Like, yeah, it was like for Morning View, the Morning, Morning View Views. house. Yeah. <laughs> and he was telling some. That's story when about... they've already earned their money, though. Right, they, they yeah. had already like. Yeah, because yeah, Make Yourself was first and Morning View was mm-hmm. after that, right? Yeah. yeah, and they essentially they were like in the right place at the right time. They were like yeah. the luckiest band ever. Yeah. Um, they had great sound, but you know, and that's what the the masses wanted, or that's what the record companies wanted at the time. Sure. Um, I he said a story about Zach De La Roca coming up to him and hanging out that yeah, you know, yeah. And, they, and they were surfing and the all beach that. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Walked him into the house. Everybody was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, they were never a politically or overtly political band at all, um, except for that song, Megalo- when that song Megalomaniac, Megalomaniac came out. It was uh, allegedly against uh, George Bush. And oh. I guess it got banned from MTV after uh, oh, really? a certain while. Yeah. It's a good song. My cover yeah. band used to play it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We were trying to cover all the genres all the hits. of the albums. Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, I didn't really like that song. Um, New Skin, it was, yeah, that was off of uh, uh, yeah. Science. Played but, that song. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. New, Skin's a good, yeah New Skin's a very good song. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, they really blew up when uh, it was Wish You Were Here. And I was, was confused about that song because it was a Pink Floyd song. Yeah, yeah. And, like, how can you just title your song after another very famous song do you think they got <laughs> you think it got extra spins because of it or because it was like wish you were here or was it did it was, was it on its own no i think it was on its own you don't get any special treatment if it's like a cover song or anything and yeah well imagine i played a or i know. someone came out with a stairway to heaven you know <laughs> you know but it was a completely different song you know what i mean oh well i mean it was still a cover it was just their version of like was it a cover? Yeah, it was still like. No, I wish you were here. Lyric-y, by Incubus lyrically, was not a cover. it was still. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the same as. 
So that's what I thought. No, it's not a cover. It was actually a personal story from Brandon Boyd's breakup from his girlfriend at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, Wish You Were Here is not as nothing to do with the Pink Floyd original. Oh, that's what I that's what I thought it was. No, not at all. It has nothing to do with it. But how could but I don't I, listen to Pink Floyd, so Yeah, I don't like Because I don't Floyd. give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that stupid band. <laughs> This is not our classic rock episode. It should so. have been number one as worst on the classic rock episode. Yeah, I disagree we let with that you there, one but slide I'm, by. I'm with you there, but I'm like, I'm not right there with you. It's oh, like, you are. No. Nah. I heard it. We talked about it. No, I could play Wish You Were the Pink Floyd, uh, Wish You Were Here on no. guitar, and I think it's it's a fun it song sucks. to play. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talk to me about some of the drumming on uh, Oh, he's amazing. He's one of my favorites. Like, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very original. In the science time, he's a badass on those albums. What um, makes him a badass? What makes, it, what makes him separate himself from uh, the rest of the new metal genre? Uh, well, they, they don't drum anything like any of the bands in new metal. New metal is more... Groove-based. Yeah. You know, he was like a progressive drummer in those albums. Yeah, I can see that. He's just... Um, like Neil Peart? Yeah, kind of all over. It's... Uh, yeah, it was fun to watch him play. He puts a ton of, like, uh, um, fills and beats that are not common. You know, um, off-time signatures, things of that nature that... Most people, you could just drop a 4-4 time signature, just kind of play, you know, the backfill and just, yeah, you know, paste, keep it going. Yeah. And But he, not him, dude. He's awesome. To me, like, his parents let him be a drummer from a very young age and supported him, and that's just what you need to be a badass. And, like, that's what he got 100%. And he still is, you know. Yep, absolutely. So, I I completely agree. What would what what song would you recommend someone listen to to kind of hear the best of his drumming? Oh man, uh, to be unique, because like uh, what's that? It's not "Pardon Me." Are you talking like on those albums or? Because his best stuff was definitely like on Science. All right, well, uh, you know, give us. He that. does a lot of lot of like a lot more faster stuff and. Uh, you know, yeah, pardon me. I, 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 yeah, that is the song I'm thinking of. Pardon me. He's got some good, good drumming on that one. Yeah, they're all good. Like, I think Blood on the Floor that might be off of uh, their fourth album. But that's amazing song. And yeah, he's been he's in he's good on all the albums. But yeah, the third and fourth album, like the whole feel of it, you know, um, he kind of loses that. Uh, super progressive, but you can still hear the talent and feel it um, with these songs. So he never kind of loses that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can tell. It's like even songs like Nice to Know You, which yeah. was a great radio hit. And I like that song a lot. I think that's one, probably one of my favorite later uh, Incubus songs was yeah. Nice to Know You. Great song yeah. uh, all over the radio, all over MTV at the time. Yeah, and he's one of the... Real rare drummers that are sponsored by DW. 
Oh, he is a DW guy? Yeah. Okay. That's super impressive in itself. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Why would you say that? Because that's not a company that just endorses anybody. They have to be, like, actually good at drums, not just (laughs) being a popular band. Well, elaborate on that a little bit more because... Well, there's... What's wrong with the Tama sponsorship? Would they sponsor me? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Tom is actually very limited now because they're not as big as they were. And all they need is uh, Lars. Lars pretty right. much is like the biggest sponsor. But, uh, you know, companies like Pearl and shit, you know, if you just got a real big band, like they'll sponsor you for it. Right. So ACDC's drummer yeah. will get a sponsorship by D-Drum. <laughs> like I, I was sponsored by D-Drum. Oh, really? As long as you're a touring act... And if you tour a lot, it's even better. But, like, you just need to be a relatively, you know, you need to be able to just, like, push their stuff. Okay. So, so if, if you got you're a large following, a yeah. lot and you have a large following, therefore that drum logo is getting pushed to kids that want to start playing drums and they're going to want to get your drum kit because you're the guy with that kit, you know? Yeah, you don't have to be a, you don't have to have your own unique sound. You yeah. don't have to have, you know, uh, but have some like 15, 16 year old that's getting started in drumming and ask his mom to buy him a DW custom. That's not going to fly because no, that's, that's like a $6,000 $6, drum kit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to get, you're going to get the, uh, $800 drum kit. You know? okay. <laughs> um, well, and it's makes just, sense. yeah, that's like, like you said, Neil Pert was sponsored by DW. It's the oh, really? very I thought he best. was a Tomlin guy for some reason. No, no. So that's just my thoughts on it. You know, they're kind of like my favorite company. So. Well, right on. <laughs> uh, this guy seems that's to ho- my opinion. Jose's a good drummer. <laughs> Jose's a good drummer. He's a big, yeah, he's always been one of my favorites. So I can yeah, pick out a hundred ones that are like in metal and in all of those genres, but again, Incubus just like Rage is its own kind of thing. So Carlos is really or Jose. <laughs> I meant Jose. I don't know Fucking why I said racist. Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same to you? Yeah, they all look the same to me. <laughs> Uh, that's why, um, you know, he's always impressed me. So, yeah, absolutely. I can say the same thing. It's like, you can listen to pretty much everything that he plays and he's, he's got a unique sound to him just much like, you know, David Silveria from Korn, you know, they, they got, you know, who's playing that, those drums when you listen to, even if they're, even if they were like sing their drum track was singled out, you're like, oh, okay, that's that guy. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I can kind of recognize how he plays. Um, so we talked a, bit, a little bit about the evolution of Incubus. What do, how did you feel about them? Because, you know, we talked about their, like, newish, new metal-ish uh, origins, and then between Make Yourself and Morning View, they were kind of more poppy. Yeah. Have you listened to any of anything recently from them? Not the most recent. It was, like, called um, 8 or something, right? Yeah. And then, like, I think I heard some of, uh, was that, The Crow? and it's... Like The Crow Left of the Murder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that one had a few okay songs. Yeah, I have a friend that that was in that band with me, and he hates when I say that. You know, a lot of it I can't listen to now. The the newest stuff. Oh, really? You know, because I'm like, ah, you know, 
Like it doesn't even have good hook to it. You what know, Incubus? Yeah, the newer like, yeah. stuff. You know, it's just. Yeah, I think they're kind of you know they're I think they're done. You know, like they're getting old. Like they're not edgy anymore. It's like a band like Rage. Yeah, they they have a political cause that they can kind of carry with them through you know their eighties. You know. Mm-hmm. But Incubus didn't really have a direction. They just were just a, a band, and they're yeah. just you know playing things. And if you don't have this gimmick to to ride you through your you know twilight years, I guess you would say as a musician, yeah, then you're gonna kind of you know get lost in obscurity. Because they've been doing it for like thirty two years now, or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah. So it's time 30, to hang 30, it up for thirty one for some yeah, bands. Two years. Yeah. You know, unless you're a band like ACDC where you got, you know, you know, every song sounds exactly. It's like ACDC never had an evolution. They were ACDC, you know. <laughs> yeah. You want What song do you want? You want it from, you know, last year or do you want yeah. it from 1981? You know, it's going to sound the same. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, that and, you know, bands like that, they have a, a like almost like a lifetime that they can go across seas and play. Oh, you always have fans, yeah. And I just don't know, is Incubus one of those bands that can I don't do that? Think, I don't think so. I don't think so. The, the, uh, dare I say, and it pains me to say this, because you have bands like Motley Crue and Poison mm-hmm. and uh, you know those 80s hair bands that are doing state fairs. And I don't want to see a band like Incubus doing state fairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would suck. But they are about, because they were... Of their time, you know, it's yeah. like even though they're making new albums and everything, I don't, I don't know any hardcore Incubus fan. Yeah. I, I could, I know some hardcore Motley Crue fans, I know some hardcore Poison fans, and but I don't know anyone that's like fucking Incubus, the best band on the land. And you know, it's like, no, I don't. Yeah, it's I don't an think acquired taste. You know, well, it is now. But it is like, now. Like it used to not be, you know, and right. I, I think they're kind of done. You know, well, that's the point. Is like. I think musician-wise and who they are as people and artists and, you know, they want to try and, like, push themselves to be extra creative. And that's just not what, like, a lot of people want to hear. No, they want to hear more things like the – yeah, it's nostalgia. You know, it's like what we're doing here. It's like you want right. to hear – They want to go back What to... made you love them in the first place. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But you can't, you know, but you just like Metallica can't play, you know, or can't go back to and do uh, Blitzkrieg, yeah, do yeah, <laughs> do all that. They most bands can't do that, and uh, well, it's, it's like Corn too. We talked about Corn, like their evolution was like terrible, like a very terrible because they tried. Corn had a very unique sound in the early to mid nineties. And then, you know, throughout the 2000s, and then you listen to the latest Korn album, it's almost like they're trying to be Slipknot. You know what I mean? It's like they're just doing this heavy double bass. They're just, and this crazy, the crazy videos. And, like, they're also, like, 55 years old. I'm like, Yeah, guys, I mean, guys. aside from Korn, like, Korn, like, I think Ray, their drummer now, is the best thing that they've, like, they could have ever had happen to them. Yeah, but they're not corn anymore. Like, is what I mean, you know? well, I'm just saying, like replacing David. Yeah, that was like big mistake. Yeah, I, well, it was also his fault too. I think yeah, from I, what I remember. But anyways, I think they still bring it. 
live, you know, corn for as long as they've been doing it. And, ugh, you know, it's so easy to get burnt out on your own shit. Mm-hmm. For them to come out there and play blind for the 10 millionth <laughs> time and, like, explode. And, like, he's, you know, it's super impressive still. Um, yeah, do I buy imagine. their new albums? <laughs> no. I mean, time. Yeah. but it's just, what can you do? And yeah, as an artist, I'd imagine you're burnt out on your own shit. Yeah. When oh, you yeah. get that big, you're just yes. like, God damn it. Why do I have to fucking play this thing? I used to like argue it. that with my old band. Um, cause we had a lot of great songs and we had three or four albums and, you know, I used to say, Oh, let's play this song. This song. No, no, let's just, let's do these ones. This is our newer stuff. I say, I know it's our newer stuff, but, you know, we're getting new fans and it's like they haven't heard our old yeah, stuff. You got to sprinkle the new and stuff. And we're in. not, you know, some uh, huge band that can just like, we're going to want to continue to play all these old songs just because they're good songs. You know, you don't get rid of good songs and. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, the aforementioned Metallica, they're still playing Creeping Fucking Death at their shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're in Metallica, that song is 40 you years hate old. Every song that you <laughs> yeah, play. Exactly. Every song. Yeah. Because they still go out and play nonstop. Still, fucking same insane. fucking songs, man. And, I, you know, and that's, you know, talking with, with you right now, it's like, I, I, I get it, you know. It's like, yeah. why would you want to play the same fucking goddamn song that's been played a million goddamn yeah, times man. and still have the same energy and same enthusiasm for it just because the crowd wants yeah. it? You're like, no, I'm not your fucking monkey. I'm gonna dance for you. And it's like, no, I'm gonna play my new shit. Well, if you want to play your new shit, then but you you're also not gonna have be on to stage next like, week. These people just paid to come see you. It wasn't easy for some of these people. Some they had, some had to take off a Work, school or yeah, they had to get a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you have to think of all of that. Yeah, it's not you. It's, it's them. It's not you. Yeah. And you just have to get off your high fucking horse and go and, you know, play the songs you hate or, you know, do whatever it is and make them happy. Yeah. Because... Once you start looking and acting and showing like you don't care about like what you're writing or what you look like live or, or what you're, all that shit. What you're playing live. Yeah, man. it's, you know, you might as well pack it up. Yeah, that's got to be rough, man. Like, God, I hate playing this song. I don't want to do this, but yeah. I have a band that is in the zeitgeist that millions of people love and they yeah. come to see my show. So get over my own bullshit, even though it's super yeah. monotonous. It's got to be difficult. It's yeah. got to be difficult to get that enthusiasm for a song you've played literally 10,000 times live, yeah. you know, or 1,000 or even 500 times. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's like I do karaoke, and I've done one song like five times. I'm like, God, I'm so sick of singing that song, you know? That's why I worry that Incubus is the type that wouldn't dip back too much into their old catalog. Like, Well, they have to. You know, Morning View... Make yourself. I see them dipping into those, okay, but man, like maybe one or two from science at the most. Well, that sucks. At the most. That's why I don't. That's that's what you know. I don't like a. I've never seen them. Have you ever seen them live? Uh, I can't recall if I have. Okay. I think I had the chance once before, and I didn't. No, they and I will say they had a good Red Rocks. Uh, uh, performance. That is a great. 
performance. Yeah, they did yeah. a really good Red Rocks album, uh, or album or performance or whatever. But that was pretty early, right? That was. Still I want to say it was two thousand one like, or yeah. two thousand or something like that. That's why that whole show was awesome. Yeah, it still had the whole old bass player in it, and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of people preferred him. So yeah, it was before Morning View. I have a lot of musician friends that hated when that happened. All right, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, Incubus, great band. I did not like the evolution of the band. Uh, they kind of turned into a poppy band, and they claim <clears throat> that uh, it wasn't from the record executives saying you need to kind of be more radio friendly. They claim that. I'm skeptical about that claim. Uh, because of the evolution that they had between their first two albums and then the rest of their uh, discography. Yeah, the only reason why I would think that that's true is because that Brandon did say when they signed that they shopped and they had the ability to sign with many albums or many labels. Right, they said that, yeah. They chose the one they did because it gave them less money but allowed them more artistic freedom. And therefore, here you go. They are putting out what they want. But they only um, had a three-album deal with them. What, right. What's, what's to say about the other fucking <laughs> Yeah, but look bullshit. where three albums put them at, you know. Yeah. By the yeah. time they were like, okay, and now we're going to do Morning View. We just exploded with Make Yourself. Now I'm sure they gave them anything they wanted, yeah. including them. Mansion, yeah, absolutely, that's true. I, a I mean, practice I mansion. I don't know. I can just speculate on how I feel about the band. I I felt like they should have remained who they were after Science, but they didn't. But uh, that's why we're talking about it. You yeah. know, I wish. Then uh, there's some good songs on Make Yourself and uh, uh, Morning View. I mean, even though they're not metal, they're not no, anything uh-uh. close to it. Um, but they're, you know, toe tapping. No, there's there's definitely rocking songs. You know, they have rocking songs on there. Um, but again, it just really Brandon can really chill a song out. <laughs> <laughs> so even if it's you mean, rocking, he you can mean ruin us. Ruin a song? <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> At any rate, this is our episode about the 1991 band Incubus. I love them. I do love them too. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please do not forget to go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app and leave us a rate of five stars. It would really help us grow the show. It's the show you love. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Indeed. And check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at The Retro M&M Show. Indeed. Thank you for listening. And again, share it with a friend. And we will see you next time. Peace.